stay up late writing about the fucking Smurfs, okay? You uh, you did put it upon yourself, Chris. I've been putting it off for literally four years. It had to be done. No. No. Beer makes him poopy. One is enough. <laughs> One is enough for me, guys. All right. That should have been the name of your show. That's the that's what they call enough in China. One. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> one boy. Ugh. One boy is enough. Ugh. We've been recording all this. Yeah. All right. Let's good. let's just start. Fine. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the political roundtable, <laughs> Cape Crisis. Uh, I am your moderator, Henry Gilbert, H E N E R E Y G on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I'm here today with my co-host, Liberal Gadfly, <laughs> Chris Antista. Hello. And regular contributor to the New Yorker, Dave Rudden. Uh, I prefer Dave Republican. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave Republican. (laughs) Uh, So, guys, what are the sound effects are working? What have the Republicans been up to this week? No, No, all right, no, I'm I'm kidding. Okay, so last week's episode, let me say that uh, I'm not sorry for feeling the things I felt. These are my opinions, but. You know what? I was in the afterglow of Obama's victory. I was feeling a little smug, I'll be honest. And so I wanted to talk about it. Like, the only thing I was thinking about that Wednesday was just how awesome it was that, to me, in my opinion, how awesome it was that the Democrats won and wanting to dissect how badly the Republicans lost because, you know, I... it uh, made you're me happy helping. that they lost. You're not helping. But anyway, what I didn't want to do... You don't apologize for what you said. It was just the wrong form to do it. It was yes. the wrong... Yeah. This... It... Uh, Won't happen again. Talking about that instead of comic books for 40 minutes wasn't the right move. I and I, But in, you said you want to do it, and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, that's a terrible idea. Yep. But this is Henry's show, and I just won't say anything. I know... I On Talk Radar back in the day, I, I came out... As a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long... I knew it would take me a long time to do it. And when I did it, it just I just received a ton of shit. Because that's <laughs> apparently an issue that people care about. Like, <laughs> And I knew I shouldn't have done it. And I did it anyway. And I'm like, ah, well, never again are we, yeah. am I going to bring up moral, political, ethical vis- mm-hmm. uh, issues beyond that of pop culture. But it did feel like there was just... I still feel that there was a lot to talk about with it that week. No, it, like, it, that, it definitely was. Where were we yeah. going to talk about it? We don't have a political podcast. Yeah. It was in the moment. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a special thing. Consider it like, it's like the pod, if, if podcasts existed and 9-11 was happening live around them, like all of a sudden, all of a sudden this wrestling podcast has to start talking about mm-hmm. the, the buildings falling Yeah, down. that like would it, happen. That's it, it's sort of what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Like this, I know there's some movie where like a, uh, the entertainment newscaster is the only one around when the president gets shot, and they Wait. have to host the big news show. And like that's sort of what it felt <laughs> like. If we, there was no yeah. other place to do it, and we wanted to, and I don't regret. What, I probably should regret a couple things I said. You I, know, in in wrestling, the twin towers did fall before they did it in real life. <laughs> Akeem and uh, wait, who was the other big? There, there was a hawk. No, not no, hawk. I think too. it was Akeem and Big Boss Man. Yeah, but Big maybe Boss wrong. Man. Yeah, they were the twin towers, and they fell. Times. But uh, do you remember the 9-11 episode of uh, SmackDown? Their post-9-11 episode of SmackDown? You guys have... Uh, you have on a- that... Wait, I just want to say real quick. On that, Stephanie McMahon tried to compare the 9-11 attacks to when the government chased after her father for, yeah, that for was- steroid abuse. Yep. Why was the government involved Mc- in chasing him for steroid abuse? They, you know... 
Why shouldn't they? Uh, there's better things for the government to do, but if they wanted to prove he was abusing I'd, steroids. We're already on the wrong track. <laughs> that, that, that movie, Bigger, Better, Faster, Stronger, it's like, the ster- no, steroids are not illegal. Mm-hmm. The government has gone after people for using them illegally. Well, I think if you want to talk about its use in sports, where statistics and all I that guess. is what make records... Sure. Then you should either then if you're going to say they're illegal, then they shouldn't be just they're illegal. Wink, they're illegal till you're. Uh, but we won't bother you until your career is over and you can't make us money anymore. Yes. It should and, either just be it's illegal or just make it all legal. Let entirely, everyone use steroids and who cares? Then they're all on the level playing yeah. field of steroids. If, like, I, if I may bring it back to comic books, <laughs> uh, when Fine. it comes to athletes, you're all you're all. Pushing your bodies and doing things with your bodies that should never be done. You are mutants. You're warping your genetics. Mm-hmm. And if that's what we're going to do to make better athletes, go for broke. Yeah. No, go for I broke. Th- I, I want to so build too. the best. I want to build the best mutant baseball has ever seen. They're <laughs> impacting their they're impacting and especially in the case of the NFL, they're greatly shortening their lives anyway. Mm. So uh, people don't seem to care then with the number of concussions. Like, yeah. but oh, but when it's steroids, <laughs> that means you put an asterisk next to their about the, score. the number of suicides that are coming out of the NFL. Yeah. Now? Well, I also watched this great documentary on ESPN called "Broke," which was about why so many athletes, professional athletes, lose all their money. Their career is seven years long maximum. Well, nah, if you're if you're in if you're a good MLB player, mm-hmm. like you can get you can get fifteen, even twenty years out of that career. If you're NFL, you are very like yeah. a protected quarterback maybe gets ten years. But but in it they also talk about how these are people who are plucked these are kids mm-hmm. plucked right out of college at best. Who have never like spent their own money or budgeted at all, or have, and have no job and training, no job training, and especially in the case of of the NFL, they give you your signing bonus, which is the biggest check you will ever get, mm-hmm. and then they oh. pay you regularly, and it can stop at any moment. And in the off season, they don't pay you, like Jesus, just yeah. like teachers. No, teachers and get uh, paid, don't they? No, not during the summer. Right? They don't. I, don't I, I, I can't say. Either way, I, mean. I thought they did. But yeah, NFL players get the worst shaft, like it, which is crazy because the NFL is the biggest money maker mm-hmm. of the major league sports. Yep. But their their guys make the least money for the least amount of time. So guys, which superhero do you think has the most concussions? Who? Mm. Well, numerous concussions and their debilitating effect is central to Doctor Octopus in current Spider-Man comics. As you oh, know. nice. Haven't you been nice. reading that, Chris? You, you know that. No, right I there. haven't. I, I'm well, still no, reading read, Ultimate Spider-Man. You read Amazing Spider-Man 600, didn't you? Uh, maybe. When that in the in Brand New Day it was set up that when they reintroduced Doctor Octopus, mm. he was a withered husk of himself, and because basically he recounts the like 20 times he's been hit by people who have super strength. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, that was a concussion, that was a concussion. Is there a, like, a onomatopoeia expression of getting a concussion, like, kathok? Kathok. Kathok. Probably is good. <laughs> Crunkle. Crunkle. <laughs> no, not Crunkle. Uh, Crunkle is a new podcast in the Laser Time <laughs> Network. I will get to that. Uh, but yeah, comic books, guys. Let's Let's talk about those a little. Fun. I, I th- do you, you think know the, we the, pushed away more listeners by talking about sports than we did politics? <laughs> uh, no, I think we got the back. The no, po- that, uh, politics is just one of those things, and I, I hate that about it. That like mm-hmm. 
it's not like you didn't know how we felt. Yeah. It's it's that we never said it, and now we're somehow on bad terms. Or, but I think I, this country is. I think this country is more divided than it ever has been. I don't like, think so. Civil wars, maybe number but again, one. That was, okay, was, fine. That was okay, supposed fine, to be my but. thesis: is that we're not that divided. Yeah. Well, no, people. Everybody feels divided. And, like and people express. And I think it's the internet's fault. That was my frustration with the uh, Romney Obama thing because it's like it just became a sports team. I root for one or the other, but like mm. don't see the middle ground where the where yeah. the where the Venn diagram overlaps. And a, this is what we all want. Oh yeah, there's a middle ground for that, and there'll for, be a bigger mi- middle ground next year. It'll be awesome. We'll all get closer not to being who we want. But I could totally, I yes. could, I could Two name years. seven reasons, very specific reasons why I wouldn't vote for Romney, other than. He's a Republican. I wouldn't say that. Or he's a socialist. Like, All right, nope, 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 nope. All right, anyway. Comic books. Comic books. Fuck, I had a, I had a parallel books. there. My bad. Nope. No, it's, it's lost. It's All lost. right. Well, so what did we read this week? I'm going to start this off. Uh, so first off, I started reading Saga. I hadn't been reading it yet, but got the, uh, I just the first book from Brian <laughs> the came The first on. issue. It's pretty good. I haven't read it yet, but I, I needed to make room for other stuff. <laughs> It's. I think it's pretty good. It's. I've been enjoying it. It's. Uh, it's very out there and weird. It's the first issue is the typical Brian K. Vaughn first issue of clever writing and an insane like setting up an insane like um, concept. Mm-hmm. It's really just like the first issue of Ex Machina and Why the Last Man, both perfect perfectly in thirty pages explained what the concept was. Yeah. It wasn't part one yeah. of something. Yeah, which is oppositely the problem with all the all new X Men, mm-hmm. the Brian Michael Bendis's first X Men book. So Bendis hasn't completely left the Avengers yet, but he mm-hmm. he mostly has, and he's starting on the X Men now. But with his first X Men book, like the concept, as you can tell from the cover, mm-hmm. is that oldie time X Men come back to current times. And look at the horrors that the ex the that Cyclops and Xavier have wrought, mm-hmm. and go like, oh, this is crazy. We got to fix it and stick around and all that. You can tell that from the cover. But Brian Michael Bendis did his one of the things I don't like about his work, and mm-hmm. it's, he indulged in it, which is he takes forever with the setup. Like the whole issue explains them to finally get to the point where someone says to them, you've got to go back to the future, or whatever. When they could have... They, yeah, they could have dealt with it in four pages. And they just get them there. But Bendis loves taking his time. And if for them to get to the... like, It just annoys me, the economy of it. If a guy is going to do a 30-issue run on a book, mm-hmm. if it takes you the first six issues to mm-hmm. get to... Establish the, the, sta- the status quo? Mm-hmm. Boo. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Um, <laughs> boo. 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 I think it's more like B-U. Boo. Anyways. Uh, okay. But I also, I downloaded but haven't read yet a couple. Uh, Marvel Now is really rolling out in earnest. And two of the books I was no, most. Nuts. Two of the books. No, three of the books I was most looking forward to are now out. But I've only read one of them. Which is Deadpool number one. Oh, that's the one I Co-written like, by Brian Potion and <laughs> uh, Brian Posehn. Dave's from that, too. And, uh, yeah, so I've what do you think of it? pages of it. Yeah. So I can't really render a judgment. Okay. But it is weird to see the words of Brian Posehn and the art of, uh, what's his face from the first few issues of Walking Dead? Oh, uh, Tony, Tony Moore. Moore. No. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is Tony Moore. Yes. Co-creator of The Moore? Walking Dead. With, yeah. Who now gets a little bit more. Yeah, he, he got a. The illegally uh, binding. Yeah, he had a, yeah. <laughs> they, had a, they had a settlement about it and, all, and, all, and everything. But uh, yeah, that was. Um, it's, it's good. It's cute. But it's also why I didn't. I bought these first issues because I want to see where they're going to see if I want to buy the eventual trade. But after I read the first issue, I'm going to wait for the trade. The, those I don't want to read monthly. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man is the only one I read regularly and not in the trade because it is a bi-weekly book. Like, so mm-hmm. waiting two weeks isn't so bad. Though actually, so though I, now they're in a weird spot where the issue 697 came out today. It was a week late. 69. But, but on the plus side, issue 698 is going to come out next week. So Wow, really? Yeah. Holy shit. Well, yeah. It was just ready sooner because it's two different artists working mm. on this book. So. Wow, that other artist must be like shit. Eh, well, you know, that's uncanny. I was done on time. <laughs> well, Uncanny X-Men is one of, uh, or no, Uncanny Avengers. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that book in Marvel now. And the first issue was a really cool start. Mm-hmm. And it had art by my favorite, one of my favorite artists around, John Cassidy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, getting ahead of the stuff in the news, he's already, like, they've already delayed issue two and issue three because it takes him such a long time. And he does super detailed art. Mm-hmm. He's great at it. But I was hoping that at least, like, they knew when that first issue of Uncanny Avengers was coming out. They couldn't give him enough lead time. Yes, for- I imagine jokes around the office. Oh, you're working with the Cassidy. Get ready to take a lot of vacation. <sighs> but they just should have. I also hate when they announce someone like him as the regular artist for a series. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I know this isn't the regular artist. They'll be done in three issues and take the next six off and then do two issues and another. Like, they can't be regular. I can't even believe they, it still happens. In this artists like those guys shouldn't be regular artists. They should work on the most high profile of, like, super crossovers or mega events that are six issues long, and they get three years to work on it. Do you know how far in advance they work? Um, I think it depends. I think with, like, in extreme cases, like with the Ultimates, when, mm-hmm. they, brought, when they started doing Ultimates Volume 2 and Brian Hitch had such a terrible time, uh, getting issues ready in mm-hmm. Ultimates Volume 1. They had him complete four issues ahead of time, mm-hmm. and then they started publishing it bi-monthly, which they were sure was enough lead time. By issue seven, they're like, we're taking a sabbatical from Ultimates. And wow. they had to wait four months. It took basically for the Ultimates to publish 24 issue, 25 issues. It took them more than six years. Wow. Well, wow. meanwhile, in the case of Kevin Smith, he was he was insanely yeah. late with all his Daredevil comics. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then when he was going to do the reboot for Green Arrow, they're like, we want you to do the reboot for Green Arrow, so you'll get to do the 12-issue Maxi series, but we want every single script huh. of this in first, and then the first issue gets published. Was that the Quiver wow. storyline? No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Quiver, yes. Yeah. yeah. Robin Quiver? Robin yes. Quiver. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I've talked too long. What else did you guys read? Dave, you go first. I just read today uh, Walking Dead 104. Mm. So I have caught up. There's a bug on your microphone, Dave. It's going to bother me. Mm. Hopefully, won't thank you. It's uh, it's part two of the new status quo, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I well, you said the status quo is a bad thing, man. (laughs) I I like the way this issue ended in comparison to 103. Mm -hmm. And let me preface by saying. 
I read issues 1 through 48 in the first uh, compendium, compendium yeah. and then didn't read another issue until the second compendium came out. And this was after 100 when people were, like, raving about it. Mm-hmm. So then I read all that, and then I went on Comixology, oh. and then I caught up for, from uh, 99. 99 to 103. Mm-hmm. So, like, there were... I actually thought the second companion was like, oh, this is a little slow. Things aren't happening. Then yeah. then some things happened. Mm-hmm. And then 103 just had the most subdued ending. I see yes. you don't get you don't get any indication of how episode or well how issue, an issue ends. Yeah, in, yeah, in, in the compendiums. Well, well, yeah, especially in I'm normally I didn't read them in compendiums. I read them in six issue chunks. In yeah. that's how they normally do the regular in the collections. Yeah. And in those you the end of a single issue is hard. It's still hard to tell. Yeah, it's usually the big, uh, one page panel. But you can definitely tell he writes around to six issue chunks. Like it's yeah. always a six issue uh, point it, to it. So, so is one hundred four the end of a six issue? Chunk? No, no, no. One hundred three was the start of a new six issue chunk. There was a storyline of ninety nine, one hundred, one hundred one, one hundred two. No, wait, no. The companion ended with 96, 97, 98, 99, 100, 101, 102. Okay. That was the six issue story. Oh, something to fear. Something to fear. That was yeah. that. Now, 103 and 104, that's parts one and two of the next six issue story. I actually find it pretty. I, I, when you're talking about these single issues, like um, I'm trying mm-hmm. to read more single issues. It's still pretty rough for Marvel and DC for me to lob when it four ends bucks. In, yeah, four bucks for 15 minutes of enjoyment. And I just. I, Brett gave me. <laughs> Uh, I was re- I was reading Ultimate Spider-Man, and he's like, "I'm getting rid of all my Ultimate Spider-Man." He has in mint condition the entire run, backboarded and bagged. Wow! wow. And he could at like, least sell the first six you issues. Sure, you get rid of these, and I'm like, I'm in like the, hun- the hundreds uh-huh. the issues, and like, why is this physical copy still a two and a half dollars cheaper than what it is digitally? <laughs> How know. long ago was this? Oh, oh seven. Well, and also it makes me sad, the thought of, like, buying these digital things that you can't give to anybody. You can't lend to anyone. It's yeah. just it's well, you kind know what? of a doubt. I would rather... Would you make the sacrifice? I'll ask... The, do you have a question that we can in Yeah, place? this could be it. Okay, I'll ask it later on. Stay tuned for this week's <laughs> question of the week, guys. Stay tuned. Uh, anything Let's else, Dave, out. or... Uh, uh, I did start uh, Why the Last Man. Mm. I, I bought the first um, hardcover uh-huh. somewhat. That's not, like 12 a, issues or something? Yeah. I'm like halfway through that, and I, I really like the way that started. I think mm. because I've been on a Walking Dead kick mm-hmm. with the game and... That's what life ooh, is, walking through a planet full of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like a cool zombie. Zombies, like, women, same thing. No us. zombies, just ladies. Just ladies. <laughs> Some who want to kill you. Man, so the Walking Man, that Walking Dead game, yeah. boy, oh boy. Well, there, yeah. No, no, hey, no. We uh, we're only talking about episodes one through four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One through four that's open to the public. I haven't. Those are some them. dark stuff. Yes. Chris, if you want to feel bad, I and yeah. and, and and tense and depressed. Yep. Then uh, please I, play Walking Dead one through four. I think they're astounding works from what I played so. No, far. they're they're great. I played some I, of the. I previewed episode two before I ever played episode one. So I've, I've huh. experienced them a bunch. Weird time. I used to work in games, guys. Yeah, it feels so long ago. I still think episode two is the the, the worst. The wor- yeah. yeah, it's just too Twilight Zoney. No, exactly. I, well, I I'm not going to spoil episode two. But yeah, yeah. 
Uh, there's specifically uh, there's specifically a Twilight Zone episode I was thinking of halfway through the halfway through the episode where I was like, okay, I get it. It's this episode of Twilight Zone. Can we yeah. let's speed up this twist, guys? Come on, yeah. twist. Let's get it out there. Like it was the most obviously written towards a twist. While meanwhile, like one, three, and four were just no horrible situations getting worse. Yeah. That's what it is. Like that's the twist. And that's Life what is horrible. Yeah. yeah, life is horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Chris. Oh, what am I reading? Yeah. Um, shit, you were bring you were bringing it up um, about taking a long time to get there. Oh. Um, no, nah, I, I have. I've been really busy this week. Um, mm. Lots of back order work. Thank you for everybody who's helping volunteer with a cartoon Christmas. Still looking for his anybody willing to help write up a Christmas special on that site that. Mm-hmm. Girlfriend and I used to I hear, I hear you, agonizing. Chris. I got to do all that shit. Uh, Can I write about a Christmas story too? Oh yes. That, you know that's a thing. It is. That it is came so out sad. last week. I almost bought it. I saw you complaining about it on like I complained vocally. about it uh, in the way that a homophobe would complain about <laughs> people being gay when. Uh, yeah. What's this thing? I'm not. <laughs> I used don't to. understand this. Yeah. Why is Ralphie walking funny? <laughs> so, uh, so other than working, uh, I, on sale, I, I downloaded. Um, there was a sale on Garth Ennis's The Boys, oh. and uh, I downloaded. Don't yawn while I. No, in response, I'm very tired. It's it's been a long week for me too. Um, you don't hear me complaining about it, bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I downloaded that, and it's like in Garth Ennis uh-huh. premise. That's enough, but then, yes. like, but everything written. Written there, uh, oh, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before. Love Comixology. Mm-hmm. You can count on probably two hands how many books have three or five stars. <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything has four stars. Huh. Everything averages out to four stars. So, like, that rating system is useless. And then I see the boys, five stars. With an, uh, with 91 people. Yeah. And, it, ah. and it's like the most controversial series ever. Ever yeah. collected in one digital compi- the most controversial series ever. Oh. Well, it was controversial in the sense that it was started as a Vertigo comic book, mm-hmm. and after the second issue, Vertigo's like, "This is too cruel to superheroes. Our bread and butter." Somebody in DC got mad that they were making fun of superheroes that much, so they canceled it. But they were like. You guys can still do it if you want. It's well, your thing, but we're not I, doing it. I'm glad I have that context because there was. I read the first three issues in in like his. There, get to the controversy. I'm, well, There's I nothing mean, controversial well, no, it's here. Controversial in the way preacher was controversial. It's just mm-hmm. filthy with dirty words and, and piss it's, and shit. But yeah, it's got some filthy words. Yeah. yeah, but okay. Here's I read the first eight issues of it, and I didn't really go back to it. I think someday I really. Actually, I love the artist Derek Roberts. Yeah, no, the I artist think, is great. I think he's a really underrated artist. I got to know him first when he drew New Warriors, mm-hmm. but he also did Transmetropolitan, a political comic book I talked easy about last buddy. week. Yeah. Easy, buddy. Uh, but, so, I read the first seven issues of Boys, and it was like, I've complained on here before that I felt Garth Ennis just doesn't try new things. Like, he has mm-hmm. a very <laughs> specific comfort zone, and he stays there. And when I read the Boys, it was more of that. It mm-hmm. was just... Dirty, filthy, like dirty, filthy, filth talk. Mm-hmm. Dirty, yeah. No, but, but it was just profanity for profanity's sake. Mm-hmm. Just like joyfully saying "fuck shit" cunts all the time. Lots of cunts. 
And then, well, yeah, because uh, Vertigo doesn't censor much stuff, but they really... This was a complaint Warren Ellis had when he wrote the Hellblazer comic. Mm-hmm. That he was like, look, British people say cunt. They just say it. it Please hard. stop censoring me. So it was like one of the first words, I think, in that issue, the first issue. Like, a, mm-hmm. boy's not just an asshole. He's a great A cunt. And so, like, it's even bolder. Here's my biggest problem with it. It's just so... <laughs> cunt. It's so hateful to superheroes. Like, superheroes are pointless monsters who just kill each other. But then he won't make... You can tell he has a very specific line. No woman in his book is ever outright evil. The men are malevolently evil and like happy monsters. While the women, the worst woman that I saw in the first Mm -hmm. seven issues was just one who was deadened to the horror of it and just did cocaine to make herself stop thinking about it. Yeah. It it just. (laughs) Great name for a superhero. No, I I don't remember her name, but it was just. (laughs) His name, her name was the female, well, wasn't it? Well, meanwhile, no, 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 not the member of the boys who okay. was the girl. Uh, a member of the Justice League, fake Justice ah. League event. But it also just annoyed me that he always, always has to make his main character the most morally right, strongest character who he will not make a wrong move. Everyone around him might weaken him. He could even be tricked, but not normally. But... He always has the moral correct, morally correct stance in every story, mm. and that was Preacher did that, Hitman did that. His main characters always get that kind of leeway of just so like, like, no, this guy's always right. Having an, an, uh, like a completely infallible character who is kind of <laughs> adverse, just not fun. Well, yeah, it's, who's adverse to conflict? Yeah, he's adverse of, to conflict, or he just he also he makes his villains too stupid, mm-hmm. like. They're usually guys who can be completely outwitted by the perfect main character. And that's the dude in that book, like the black haired buffoon. (laughs) So no, yeah, the black haired, very tall, strong dude in that book. Spoiler. He's per like he's perfect. Like and he's just there being perfect to tell Simon Pegg how perfect he is. (laughs) They specifically drew that character to look like Simon Pegg. To cast Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg writes the foreword to the digital edition. (laughs) <laughs> well, then, yeah. Well, anyway, that's how I feel about the boy. It actually had its last issue this week. Yeah, yeah. That's what. Uh, like, I saw that there was a one-day sale on like, I'm like. Well, I'm behind everything I see about this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy the first compendium and then dig into it at midnight, <laughs> and then decide whether I need to. Man, I don't know if that's that's probably a new issue in the comics era. Like. Okay, what gets deleted from the Comicsology <laughs> account to yeah. make room for a fucking compendium? I, I may, I may or may not read. Are there any issues from Garth Ennis's alter ego Chris Gaines? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so a couple of news bits first. That um, first of all, the Hell Bla- Hellblazer comic is actually ending. Like yeah. at issue, it is like nearing or at its three hundredth issue. Hellblazer's the Vertigo's longest running book is going to end, and they're just gonna. He's going to just transition into the DC universe proper. Oh, really? And, yeah. I think his DC just wants all the popular characters. But just to be stuff. shepherded by somebody else. And... Yeah. I don't know. Mm. It was also, though, so I, that segues me into uh, an interesting thing I read this weekend about Guillermo del Toro not or maybe is doing Justice League. So they talked mm. to, the original rumor was, hey, Guillermo del Toro is doing Justice League. Then 
someone read that rumor while they were interviewing Del Toro for his upcoming crappy-looking movie. And then Del Toro was like, well, I'd, I have not been offered that, and I don't think I'd want to do it. But I would want to do the Dark Justice League of all the magical, mystical, dark characters from mm. DC Comics, including Hellblazer and Zatanna, yeah. and and that would be pretty cool if he did that. Mm-hmm. I'd be excited. But that's all, like, he just kind of threw it out there. Well, meanwhile, there's been, like, Star Wars news out the ass, mm-hmm. but... I, I'm excited that they got a writer who seems to be excited for like he likes Star Wars and he gets why Wait, Star that's, Wars that cannot no, be, that no. Can, you can't write that into your resume. Okay, no, I like Star Wars. Okay, he also wrote wrote Toy Story three. Yeah, he yes. also wrote fucking yeah. Sunshine Laundry and Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, like, I don't think that's enough qualifications. <laughs> Are we guaranteed a scene where? Luke and Leia and Han and R2 D2 and C3PO are heading down some barge hand in hand, all accepting their fate to die. Yes. I would and love none of them die. Come on. It would be out. but wouldn't it be nice to hear Star Wars characters talk like humans again? Like that's what yeah. I want to hear. But I don't remember Little Miss Shun- Sunshine and the other one, Sun Sunshine Cleaning. Yeah, whatever. Yes. Which is pretty. Ballsy. I don't remember them having like these really impactful. Dive, Look, like you'll scenes. find you'll find nobody more ready to say Little Miss Sunshine is overrated than me. Yeah, but my, but I'm just saying this guy. Yeah. He knows characters. I read and I read a synopsis of him extolling the virtues of the original of of, of a New Hope as yeah. a great bit, bit of story writing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it made me impressed with it. Like, so. But his greatest work right now is writing for a bunch of toys. Yes. Wait, and and that, that, how those, much of that's Lasseter calling Exactly. Shots those it, movies yeah. tend to have like six to seven writers, a bunch of them uncredited. That they rewrite for five years. Yes. And, yeah, I know. I know. And then on top of that... A lot, a good deal of what you're hearing that's funny is probably written or improved that day. I think, by and Kristen three wasn't Shaw. meant for straight to DVD like two. I think was. that's a bizarre yeah. choice, and I think it to show you why there's no just. You wonder why there's no justice in Hollywood. How Brett Ratner gets work, uh-huh. and it's basically just who's available. Who's available right now? Even for that, yeah. Who right now? Well, even for Star Wars, I'm like, curious if they will settle for somebody like that for director. Like director's the really important. What about, uh, what's is Goyer a dude who writes all the fucking Batman yes, movies? Yes, David S. Goyer gets to write everything. But he like you don't let him take a stab at Star Wars before you give the the dude who wrote whose only credits are Toy Story and Little Miss Sunshine. Maybe he had an awesome what pitch a great, for the movie. What a great agent. <laughs> what a fantastic um, agent. Yeah, here we go. Gotta get to the Dagobah system, Chewie. <laughs> Which one is this from? Uh, the Gears of War trailer. Oh, okay. Or Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> uh, one other thing about Star Wars, too, is that they... <laughs> Marcus Phoenix is so sad, he has yeah. to shoot monsters. So Kathleen Kennedy, is that her name? The uh, uh, the new oh, yes, the, the new boss at Lucasfilm. Uh, Lucasfilm. She was quoted by Entertainment Weekly in like a preview of their mega interview with her. Mm-hmm. She says she wants to do two to three Star Wars films a year. She's full of shit. It'll never yes. happen. I think if they could make a kitty one and a regular they, and then, but or just spin off movies, a Boba yeah. Fett movie. Like I don't, they, they have a ton of comics to rip off. What I don't hear about enough is is the um Star Wars TV show that Lucas is like, I won't do it unless someone will guarantee 200 episodes. Disney owns nine channels. 
yeah. has billions of dollars. It just doesn't sound the most cost-effective way. So they've got other, you know, they need a return on their four billion well, dollar investment. When think, they say three movies a, a year, sorry, do they mean theatrical releases? Mm, uh, yeah, that's imagine. a good point. Because I could deal with two like straight to DVD, whatever CGI Star know. Wars movies, and then one fine you have to do. Is there an annual movie? Well, like Paranormal Activity. Or uh, Twilight, Twilight is the closest, but that's yeah, just but that's, because that's done it's in next year. Not very hard. They're doing make. their best to annualize films, though, like that, like to make it like the video game industry. Yeah, I don't think I don't think films will ever film series will ever be annualized like mm-hmm. that. It's just not feasible. Eh, they could do it. To, yeah. They well, could do it with Star yeah. Wars. The, ha- the Halloween. No. Scary movie. I mean, that's annual film. Mm. Like, uh-huh. yeah, it there, was. It, like, it was for, Saw, for and then it was paran- Paranormal Activity. No, Saw was, was, annual. Saw was for annual. seven years, and yeah. they're up to four years. But they came paranormal. up with a formula. The last thing you want to see in Star Wars is a formula. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and Saw is Saw is a different yeah. beast. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd want to see one even once a year. I mm. I always bring it back to like. I don't think they can reinvent the Star Wars formula the, every like three or four years to make the, it annual in a different the way. Fran- but just the franchises I truly love. Yeah. A lot of them are Nintendo. A lot of them are, are for somebody I might take a paycheck from. But the <laughs> yeah. the real entries come once every five years. The real yeah. the real good yeah. stuff. The yeah. real valuable stuff takes time. It takes thought. It takes patience on behalf of the fans. Yep. Not once well, a year. People aren't Don't patient do this, uh, these days. They can Didn't still find ways show. to make it a, like an annual thing. Like I, I, Mario's almost annual now. I heard from an industry fan. The scripts for the Star Wars show are fucking terrible. Do you know how much it takes for a network to be offered Star Wars shows and walk away from it? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, uh, that makes sense. What um, happens to the Clone Wars cartoon, though, I wonder? Um, it'll probably say exactly where it is. For but, now. For now. But, yeah. I mean, like, you know, X-Men, Spider-Man, that was all literally Fox's property. You think the Clone Wars will go on for longer than the Vietnam War? <laughs> <laughs> I think it might. It's getting close to that. Oh, man. Could you believe they brought back fucking Darth Maul as, uh, with octopus legs That's on the that first show. time I was... Well, I didn't hear about the octopus legs, but that was the first time I got excited. Like, he has oh. a new bottom half. Yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. How many lightsabers does he hold this time? Mm. I think it's just two. Really? Two but he dueling. also has a he has a stronger brother that they brought back too. Darth Paul? Yeah, yeah Darth Paul. <laughs> Darth Ron Paul. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Politics. Ugh. I, uh, the only other minutes. The only other news I had and this was for, this was like two weeks ago and I kept forgetting to bring it up. And I just hadn't heard of this happening before that uh, uh-huh. I think Vertigo maybe is doing a girl with a dragon tattoo. Yeah, and they're Come. advertising the crap they say on they're gonna, television. Yeah. Which has a comic Not, ever been advertised on television? I think there were, at the start of DC New Universe, there mm. were some early ads that we never saw them, but... On television? Yeah, on television. Like, it is nuts. Well, it's also just nuts to, like... That's if the you're, one... If you're a girl with a dragon tattoo fan, you have read the book, you Ooh. saw the sweetest version... You have a dragon tattoo. You have a dragon tattoo, and you saw the movie <laughs> last year. You've probably gone through the first book of that thing... Enough times that you don't want to read a comic book about it. Wouldn't you prefer a soccer ball shaped like a hornet's nest <laughs> at this point? Uh, that's good. I like yeah, that. That was fun. Really crack Hank up in the show. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to take a little break. When we get back, 
your answers to the question of the week last week and this week's question of the week. Goodbye. Hello, everybody. Thanks again for listening to Cape Crisis. This is a little break in the show. Uh, and, you know, I really appreciate all you guys that stick around and listen. It's, it's, it's great. No matter what your, your background, your political stripe, I, I appreciate it. Um, so this episode of uh, Cape Crisis, if you are enjoying it, please help out uh, the Laser Time Podcast Network that we are a part of. How can you do that? Why go to lasertimepodcast.com and when you arrive there, you'll see on the left hand side of the screen a donate button where you can donate money directly to us by PayPal. Any little bit you can give really helps us out. Uh, it helps keep these shows free and it helps keep the computers running. Also, there is a t shirt store. You can buy yourself a Lasertime t shirt. We got a lot of great ones. Or if you'd like to help in a way that costs you no extra money, on the right hand side of the page and on this Cape Crisis. Uh, episode are links to Amazon to purchase items through Amazon.com. Whatever you buy there through that link, not it's not just the thing we suggest. Anything you buy through that new window that opens when you click on it, that uh, gives us we get a little taste of that, and that really helps us out, keeps the shows going. Also, if you listen to the episodes on iTunes or on Zoom Marketplace, please, please, please subscribe, give us reviews. Uh, rate us. All that stuff helps with our rankings, where we appear in the in in the podcast boards, and it helps new readers discover the show. So please, if you can, that'd be much much appreciated. And now, finally, the Cape Crisis. That's not it. It's Hank's Corner, the Hank's Corner pick of the week. What's this one? Well, this week's I'm going to, uh, especially in light of being of being called out that we do not like DC Comics, I'm going to shout out to a DC comic. Grant Morrison's Action Comics has just been collected in a big trade paperback. I believe it's the first seven issues, plus all the backup comics that were going on in there. It's a really interesting experimental take on Superman. He's a lot less friendly, a lot less uh, mainstream. He's more about fighting like corporate fat cats and and political uh, uh, disarray, but he doesn't pick sides. But he's he's just more of a populist dude helping out the common man. It's a really interesting book uh, that uh, that finds new ways to explore uh, characters like Brainiac and Metallo and and Lex Luthor. It's it's a great great book. So. Check that out if you have a chance. You can buy it through the Laser Time Podcast link on the Cape Crisis page. And it really helps us out. And now, back to the show. Avengers Assemble! Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, it's part two of episode 33 of Cape Crisis. So, last week's question of the week, and we're sorry we didn't have time for the previous week's question of the week, but uh, gotta, gotta keep moving on. But uh, 
last week's question of the week was, what's your favorite political comic book? To try and get things focused back on, on the point. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to first go with Lucky7. And his pick was the very recent issue of Deadpool, where he fights the zombie uh, presidents. <laughs> it's uh, pretty the, good. The FDR. <laughs> yeah, he fights FDR. He fights Harry Truman. It's good stuff. No, no. no uh, Cap decapitates. Oh, that's Truman. right. That's right. And I, I, yeah, I love was it was a Hill who's screaming like I look. I don't want to do a lot of PR, but I really can't have Captain America decapitating the undead corpse of Harry, <laughs> Harry Truman. <laughs> Let's send in an asshole who we don't care about in a la Deadpool. Deadpool will fight mm-hmm. the dead prez. <laughs> uh, White Steve Harvey called out the recent Ultimates comic story where Captain America is elected president by write-in. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. By write-in from Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> uh, Soggy Sage uh, brought up a comic I had never even heard of, of the, from... Uh, DDP, DDP. Diamond Dallas Page? Yes. I didn't know that got political. Diamond Dallas President. I think Uh. it's Devil's Due Press, but it's called Barack the Barbarian. (laughs) And he's, uh, he's basically Conan fighting Republican dudes, which is funny because Conan is really a very Republican. Gonna tear your head off and shit down your neck. (laughs) (laughs) That is what America's about. America's about. Uh, stupid, sexy, wild femme and femme Shep mm-hmm. says uh, brought up trans metropolitan, which uh, very good as we said. And uh, let's see here, man, I wanted to say that one. Uh, Cody Stovall brought up the cover of uh, Amazing Spider-Man five seventy three, which was the Colbert 08 cover where John mm-hmm. Cas- uh, Joe Casada drew. Stephen Colbert carrying Spider-Man and swinging from a web. It was pretty cool. And why did that happen? Uh, that sto- because because Joe Quesada knew by putting jo- Stephen Colbert in his comic books, uh, he could appear on the Colbert show. That really was a good way to whore your shit for a little while, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that's what that's what I love about the Colbert show. He's like, I'm Blake winking. has recognized my greatness yeah, by or- adding me to their ex. And I'm winking and joking about selling out, but I'm also selling out. (laughs) Oh, also, Papusan. Oh, no. Papusman? Papusman? Anyway, he brings up the Golden Boy, issue 54 from The Sandman, which is a really awesome one. It's where this kid who is born to be the president, his name is Prez, he runs for president in the 70s and is elected. And it's. Are those new Sandmans coming out yet? Not yet. No, I think that's for next year. And then, uh, let's see. Yeah, another person agreeing on issue 54 of uh, Sandman. It really is great. And let's see. Oh, lastly, My Name is My Name talks about the boondocks. Brings up them. But he may, But uh, this, the thing that makes me feel old is when he says, As a youngin', I grew up reading the boondocks. I was a little too young to understand it at first, but as a teen, I uh, bought a few omnibuses and really got the political humor. I, I love yeah. Calvin and Hobbes is way more timeless. Mm-hmm. The Boondocks is so fucking angry, <laughs> and and just like, but some it's so of it tied is so to the Bush not, years, though. I mean, right? but, but he, like some of the issues will live on. But I remember there's like this whole storyline of like Huey cracking like the DRM on, to copy his own DVDs. Mm-hmm. Never be an issue again. You know what's truly timeless? Mm-hmm. Doonesbury. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's pretty. What's the opposite of timeless? 
Timeful? Yes. Timely. Just full of time. The characters actually age and die. Yeah. All right, anyways. So, uh, that's... Oh, wait, I just saw Nobody one... said Mallor Fillmore. <laughs> one other great thing in here was... Um, not the response from... Uh, oh, what was his name? Darn it all. Uh, <laughs> Did no. Peter Parker ever run for class president in his uh, no, no, no. No time. He, he's a wallflower. No time. It was... Okay... In the popular uh, or Ska in Lermes. Anyway, he said Slimer number one is his favorite political <laughs> comic. But uh, I can show you guys it now. It's Crocodile Dundee in the NWO. Nice. <laughs> it's so awesome. Beautiful. Thank, can thank someone you. do the NWO theme with a didgeridoo? No. You know what I was, I was <laughs> hoping somebody would say, did, I don't know if we said it before, but nobody said Cerberus? Well, that, yeah. Yeah, that would work. I mean, I, you don't have to agree with the politics yeah, of it, too, for it to be your favorite political comment. Oh, I do want to say also, you know, we had a lot of comments last week. I did want to call out one, though, which mm-hmm. was from... Um, uh, boy, I shouldn't call it out when I can't read it exactly. But mm-hmm. it was it was from a member of the military who or, he said he had served and that he he you know didn't uh, cotton your pussy. No, he, he uh, well, I don't think he did agree with us, but he you know was cool with our stating it, but mm-hmm. didn't didn't totally agree. But he also said that he enjoyed the comic book three hundred and he. You know, so I I just appreciate that he still listens to us and enjoys us, even though I've ranted for far too long, far too many times on this podcast about how much I hate 300 and think it's an evil book. I think you've, it's become more evil the longer you go on. And the movie version has a lot to do with that. Yeah, the movie's awful. Whatever. It's not awful. I don't know. It's just not a bad movie. Stop it. All right, stop it. Uh, you see, now you're getting me started. <laughs> I, see, I, wanted, I wanted to point out again, uh, and I do. I, I know I don't have a lot of time to read comics, but I was reading our iTunes reviews. Yeah. And thank you, everybody, for those. They're all, yes. they're all, they're all very kind, except for one. Like, it's one dude is like a bunch of fucking Marvel fanboys, DC hating pieces of shit. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right, you're, I've fallen into that time of neglecting DC stuff because... I'm kind of waiting for New 52 to hit trade form, mm. that kind of thing. Mm. And or, or like for a while, like six issues past would be reduced to 199, and I'd buy them like that. That's not happening anymore, and I'm, I'm devastated too. I want to read the new Batman, <laughs> new ah. Batman, Batman, Aquaman, and Justice yeah. League are about all you should read. I say, see, stop it. I, but I want to make I want to make it a point to read more DC. It's always it's, hey. it's on my list. Um, I'm just really busy with Christmas cartoons and uh, hate and life. Well, Chris, yeah, you teased a question of the week in the first section. Oh, my God. I forgot what it was. Oh, you God. have not. I did. All right. I okay. have one then. Wow. Mine has totally escaped me. Um, wow. That's okay, Chris. Wow. I have another one lined up here. Put down the beer. Maybe you guys could send Chris an email <laughs> trying to give him a hint about what we were talking about when he had that I- when he had the question of the week idea. Use the hashtag drunk Chris. Mm. <laughs> but, Don't use that hashtag. I'm sorry. All right. So this week's question of the week is: Is a single issue enough to sell you on a comic these days, or do you need to read the whole like at least six to really know if you like it or not? 
Because we touched on this a few times. I bought a bunch of first issues of Marvel Now. You read, like, the first three issues of The Boys. Mm-hmm. And you, like, dove into Walking Dead, like, like into the deep end, big time. Yeah. So, like, can somebody say, like, hey, you should read this. One issue is enough for you, or do you have to, or is it always about reading way more than that? Well, since I'm the least comic uh, knowledgeable, Uh I will say, yeah. I mean, I did buy, like I mentioned before, I bought um, Why the Last Man. Man. And I'm pretty sure I got to what was the end of the first issue of uh-huh. it. And I, again, you can't be sure when you're buying these larger. I mean, in, in a lot of cases, you can't be sure when you're buying these larger compendiums because mm-hmm. they don't tell you when it ends. But I get that feeling when it ends. And I was into that within the first, you know, twenty. No, when the pages. when his girlfriend hangs up on him, that's the end of the first issue. Oh, yeah. so was I, that not when like they had kind of a split screen where all of these things are happening? Yeah, to yeah various. Yeah. And then he goes, Beth, that's the last page, like a big one-panel thing, of, or yeah. one full-page thing of him going. Yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, that would have sold me yeah. in that oh, comic yeah. series. But luckily, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I had plenty more of that to go. And I haven't even finished that first uh, hardcover collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it is... Single issues are, have been making a comeback for me. It used to be I would only read the uh, the collections. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd wait for the first collection. I'd hear a good buzz on something, I'd wait for the first collection. That's exactly what I did with Mark Wade's Daredevil. But then, uh, this most recent, uh, most recently, like when I heard Aquaman was good, mm-hmm. I just downloaded issue one and I checked out. I was like, yeah, that was good. You pull you in from Now issue one? I will wait for the rest of those issues. Oh, really? But yeah, that's, that's what I did with Aquaman. That's what I will likely do with the Fantastic Four by Man Fraction mm-hmm. and uh, Jason Aaron's Thor. Uh, but I do think single, now that I can pick it up digitally, if something really hooks me with the first single issue, I will pick it up monthly. But I'm, I'm the opposite. I like, uh, I'm almost never, ever bro- roped in by the first issue of the comic. I don't think there's enough room to establish the story. Mm-hmm. In yeah. most cases, I mean, th- there's been exceptions recently. Uh, first issue of Hawkeye, it's like uh, I don't know, best, I don't even yeah. know where this is going, but this is great. It's a great single issue story. It's it's awesome. And then I on sale, I picked up Green Arrow Year One, and at the end of the first issue, it's like I I never want to stop reading this ever. This yeah, is great. I think that's a problem with a lot of first issues are meant to be read as are meant to be read in a trade as the just the first chapter in a book when the uh, more so, I wish, even if they're not a standalone issue, that they were written to be exciting on its own. Like, is, to, to be, uh, to be, to have it to be continued at the end, but still be important. Which is yeah. to say, which is sad. And uh, but I, I, like, I have made the, I will make the investment, and that's why I, I consider the decision carefully that I do buy trades. That is my starting point. Mm-hmm. And I will because you have, well, unless I'm also you have disinterested. Up to do, if too. I'm disinterested, I'll finish. I'll, I'll I'll quit reading it. But more than likely, I will finish the trade and then decide whether I want to continue with the series. Mm-hmm. That's how I get my overview, my outline, and that, especially at the, you know when we started the show, is having this renaissance for like I'll pour through trades all day long. I don't care. I I don't know. <laughs> and that's that's my. I, I people. I'm not a DC hater, but like I, you pick up a trade and it is utterly reliant on a lot of previous information on characters. Yeah, you wouldn't normally know, and things, situations you would have to be up to date on. 
that's my problem when I try to open up a DC issue. It is very, very hooked into this ridiculous universe. Yeah, yeah. They're more interested in their own canon than Marvel is usually. Uh, I, Marvel makes a better effort of like, here's your introduction. This mm-hmm. is who the character is. And, and they have multiple volumes and blah, 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 and start points and end points. But uh, yeah, DC doesn't seem to care that much about roping in a new reader. And I am someone who's picking it up, buying it, opening the issue and reading it and you're are you intentionally leaving me out like how why, <laughs> why why would you why would you treat a reader like that like it's that's sort of my frustration with a lot of the dc stuff that's why i can't get into it as much because i'm not up on their not only current but famous sto- like yeah. last 10 years of storylines i'm not up on that wait did you read uh green lantern number one no antistas allowed because <laughs> yes. that one I don't think was meant for you yes yes I did I took a great offense to that especially because it was all about my uncle Claudio Antista and he did it's, he wasn't a Nazi yeah but he <laughs> Nazi not so much sympathizer but a Nazi he was like, part of the fascist party in Italy though. no he just opened up the cans of gas like I don't think that makes you <laughs> that's not the same thing yeah alright so uh, the question of the week. That was it. Well, we just said. So if you uh, if you'd like to, con- uh, you know, give us your answer to that question, you can do that in the forums. That's what I'm trying to say. And there'll be a link to it on this week's episode page on LazerTimePodcast.com. So check that out. That's our comic book recommendation. As our comic book recommendations, including my Hank's pick of the week, which you've already heard at this Boom. point. So. Another episode, huh, guys? And we barely even talked about, you know, politics. Yeah. And so, I want to try... say, listen to Laser Time this week. Mike Grimm talks about going to the Porsche factory in Germany, and I, we, I it's subject... funny that he's talking about that now. That now he's just back from Japan. That now he's talking it, about the Porsche. It's funny. Now you're listening to his last major trip. Oh, to be Mike Grimm. Yeah, and uh, be, you hear Brett's f- friends quizzed on. Uh, the death game over music for famous NES games. Ooh. And they're really good at it. Well, so much to be excited for on LazerTimePodcast.com. <laughs> not the least of which your comic recommendations. That's <laughs> right. And uh, let's not forget, I've also said it already, but you know it's a Christmas time if you're buying stuff on Amazon for people. Just do it once. Buy through yeah, our site. just buy through us. Just, all you got to do is click into Amazon through LazerTime and it'll help us it out. really does help. Buy all your Wii U games. You may not have noticed we haven't yeah, any sponsors right. this month. It's going to be a little difficult to keep the lights on without your participation or donation. It's more about the computers being on the lights. Yeah, we're, we're podcasting in the dark right now. Yeah, We love it. Whoa. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it helps us do, uh, do theater of the mind better in the dark. And all Ooh. of our uh, headphones are broken, so we have to actually touch each other's mouths. Can't hear anybody. Yeah, to, to figure out what we're all Guys, saying. Guys, I just found Excalibur. Am I even alive? <laughs> All right, so anyway, uh, next week, uh, sorry again about politics. Goodbye! (laughs) 